Yes, Juliana. How does one rip underwear off? Just that. Well, they have to be if they're like really like thin. I think like lacy. I think I have lacy underwear. Then I have I have the fancy lacy. Yeah, then um, you just dig your How do you not it. get like a super ultra wedgie when they I don't know. You know I feel like I'm they'd not... have to be a thong and you yeah. would just rip the little side part, you know? Oh yeah, is it. nobody else getting mad that their underwear just got ripped? That's I mean, like the again. seven That's for twenty-seven not well, is not cheap still. <laughs> Heartbreakers. I'm Amanda here with my co-hosts. I'm Madison. I'm Kelsey. I'm Juliana. On today's episode, we are doing a summer free-for-all where we each picked one of our favorite books of the summer and we're going to be breaking it down, discussing all of our favorite parts, what we thought about the writing, the characters, quotes, all that good stuff. So we're super excited to share with you guys. But before we get into the episode, I want to know what everyone has been reading since our last episode. Uh, Kelsey? I've been reading Book Lovers by Emily Henry. Madison, what about you? Wait, is Book Lovers fantastic? Um, So far, yes, it is. It's about a girl that works in the publishing industry so far, and Mm. I love it. I love reading books about books. They're the best. I can't wait to read it. It's the one that's been on my TBR since it came out that I just have not read yet. And I'm going to read it next. Um, I read, I think in our last episode, I talked about how I started Dance of Thieves. I finished Dance of Thieves. It was fantastic. While I was waiting on Vow of Thieves to come in the mail, I read Looking Last Resorts and it was actual perfection. I loved it so much. And then I finally, finally read Love Light Farms and it was also perfection. Um, Love and Light then Farms I got, is so good. It was so good. I honestly loved it so much. I'm also I'm very excited in the fall or in the winter too. I'm also very excited to have Bex on the pod too. That'll be yes. Fun. Yeah, I can't wait to read Mixed Signals. Um, and then I finally got Vow of Thieves in the mail, and I am no longer in the mood to read it because <laughs> I read two really good rom coms, and um, or like contemporaries, and now that's all I want to read. So that's very unfortunate for me because I've just had it all day and I have like, I read the first chapter last night and I just have no desire to read the rest. I want to know what happens, but I just don't want to read it. So that's really upsetting, I get but that. I will read it. And probably right now, I mean, today, tomorrow, Juliana, what have you been reading? Oh, um, I have, <laughs> I had to think about it for a very split second. I have been listening because I just got my audible credit today. I just started listening to Mr. Wrong Number and so far it's been amazing and it's sad because I just started listening to it, but today we're going to be talking about it. (laughs) So yeah. And I'm sorry to spoil it all for you, but I will because I just read this weeks ago. I know, I know. And I'm one of the months doesn't actually, I kind of like them. Amanda, what are you reading? Well, since you were just talking about Mr. Wrong Number, um, I read that in one sitting on, I don't know, Tuesday, I think, like less than five hours. I read that book cover to cover. It's amazing. Um, so Jules, I highly recommend you finish it as soon as humanly possible. Absolutely. And then I've been in a slight book hangover since I finished it, which isn't really that surprising. So yeah, luckily, though, I've finished two audiobooks while at work this week. Um, I did. You had me at Ola and Birds of California. So I'm currently now working through a reread of A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Okay, question. And you can take this off if you didn't like it, but did you like You Had Me at Ola? Uh, I gave it four stars. So I saw that you hated it. I wonder what that meant to you. It was okay. Um, I mean, it was good enough that I didn't like stop listening to it in the middle of it. Right. You know, if that helps anything. Um, it was nothing. It wasn't groundbreaking. Hope mm. We'll go with that. And I really, like I texted you guys about the other day, I was not a fan of some of the word choices. So mm, yeah, yeah, that was a major, major turnoff for me. And this is coming from the girl who just read Tricky Magic, which has 
shadow play. So, so my favorite book of the summer is Mary Kay Andrews, The Homewreckers. It was her 30th novel, and it begins with a prologue from an unknown woman's point of view, and she's talking about how she knows she shouldn't be going where she's going, and it's raining, and she's walking to wherever it is that she's going to, and then she blacks out, and then that's the end of the prologue. Um, and then it takes place, the rest of the book takes place in um, Tybee Island, and it's about a girl named Hattie who got married super young to a um, contractor, and the contractor and his dad have a business together, but then the son passes away very early into their marriage, so she fills his shoes and becomes a contractor and works with his dad, and then her best friend comes to work with her, and they have like a pretty good little business going in Tybee but she's dead set on flipping this rundown house on Tybee Island and no one else thinks it's a good idea Tug is her father-in-law and he's like very against it her best friend's against it and she's already sank a lot of money into the project and it's just not going well so she decides that she's going to give up her dream of flipping it um because they're just running out of out of money but then they notice a producer named Mo who shows up and offers to give them a spot on this reality reality tv show called the homewreckers and in the show, she'll work alongside a Hollywood hottie named Trey Bartholomew. Um, so she agrees to do it because she needs the money and they get to work. And while they're working, they find a body. So the rest of the book is about who this body belongs to. Um, and then there's also like a love triangle. Um, so it's really interesting. All of Mary Kay Andrews books are cozy mysteries. And they're like summer cozy mysteries. They're like my favorite, favorite books. I literally wait every single day for her or yeah, I wait every year for her books to come out and they always come out like around my birthday in May. So I go treat myself. It's the best. That sounds really interesting. Like that, that like every so time you good. kept explaining and I was like, this is not going where I think it's going. <laughs> that I, I can't, what did you just describe to us? That's the weirdest, most intriguing book I've ever heard of in my life. I did not That's know that not she what I wrote mysteries. I thought they were just like beachy love stories. Yeah. So as you kept going, I was like, wait, a dead body? Wait. So I said earlier that all of her books are cozy mysteries, but now that I'm thinking about it, like her <laughs> most recent ones are cozy mysteries. And then her very, very early stuff that she used to write under the name, actually it's her actual name, Kathy Hogan Trocek, and then Mary Kay Andrews is her pen name. But like all of her earlier stuff um, was cozy mysteries and those are really good. But then she wrote like more beachy love stories and now she's like back into the cozy mystery thing, which I'm like very into. Are they like cozy mysteries with a romance subplot then? Yes. It's like, I don't know. It's like the perfect mixture of like romance, but also like you have to keep reading because you want to find out what happens like with the mystery. That sounds about right. I've only read like a couple of cozy cozy romances cozy (laughs) mysteries (laughs) but that sounds fun I kind of want to read it now yes so I mean you guys know that I'm not a very fast reader and this book is pretty thick and I read this in less than a week dang did you read it at the beach was that one of your ones that you read when you were on vacation I did yeah so granted I didn't have like anything to do for eight hours on the beach all day but well, I just, I knew that you like blew through some books at the beach. So I didn't know if that was one of them. I did. Yeah. It was a good one. Um, so the main characters are Hattie and then there's Trey Bartholomew, who is the um, Hollywood guy who comes in. And then there's Mo, who's the cinnamon roll sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Mo's the producer. Um, but like spoiler section, Jules, can you do your little spoiler for me? This is the spoiler section. Okay, so spoiler, Hattie and Mo, the producer, end up together. So that was kind of a fun surprise because I didn't see her ending up with either Trey or Mo. I thought it was going to just be like Hattie said or Hattie says I'm like done with romance and then it's happily ever after with her and her best friend. But she ends up with Mo and that was a fun surprise. So, yeah. Um, also, if you guys were going to read that book, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. You said it in the spoiler section, so. <laughs> we, we all knew. I gave the warning. 
<laughs> we knew what we were getting ourselves into. <laughs> now I'm like, dang it. Now I I can't enjoy I can't enjoy it now. No, I'm kidding. That's okay. Our TBRs are too long for us. Yeah, to God. Like, let's we don't even care. Anyway. Let's be real here. I probably wouldn't read it until I was like 89 years old. So Yeah, you might yeah. forget about it by then. So Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So her writing style is my favorite because like I said, it's cozy mystery. But she also is hilarious. Like there's so much fun banter and like things that actually make you like laugh out loud while you're reading it. She's like the funniest wittiest like writer and then um she's just like an all-around like favorite summertime read like her books always come out at the beginning of summer and they're just perfect summer reads and they always take place like in in or around Tybee Island or Savannah or um Florida so they're yeah they're just like fun beachy reads and then she also always writes in short chapters and I love that so much Mm -hmm. I've fly through books if they're short chapters so my favorite parts are the prologue because it's just so scandalous um and you have to you have to know what happens after you read the prologue and then my two favorite quotes um there's one part in like closer to the beginning when um tug her father-in-law is talking about the house that she's trying to flip and he says never fall in love with anything that can't love you back and then Mm -hmm. in chapter 68 that's this is my second favorite part she says, that's the Tybee look, Hattie said, faded and worn, but beautiful. And that's in reference to a rug when they're staging the home to sale. But I really liked that quote because it just describes Tybee Island so well. If any of you all have ever been to Tybee Island, it's like the tiniest little island, but it's full of these adorable, charming little beach cottages that just, I don't know, make you want to take a week off and be lazy and hang out there. Okay, so... The book that I chose to discuss today is The Summer of Broken Rules by K.L. Walther. Um, I read this I don't know, back in June, I think. Um, I'm not going to lie to you guys. This book was 100% a cover buy for me. If you've seen the cover, you get it. This cover is stunning. But then I ended up reading the synopsis and I'm like, okay, this sounds like something that I would be into. So I'm glad I bought it because I ended up absolutely loving it. Um, so let me give you a quick rundown on the plot of the story. Um obviously with a title like the summer of broken rules the summer vibes in this one are strong um it's set in martha's vineyard where meredith fox's family owns a sprawling property where she and her family have summered for her entire life but 18 months before this particular summer meredith's sister claire died in an accident um and her cousin is so they haven't been back to martha's vineyard in in almost two years now but one of her cousins is getting married and the her cousin is getting married on the vineyard. It's her grandparents' property. So they're all, the whole extended family is going to Martha's Vineyard for the wedding. It's like a week-long celebration with all kinds of food, fun, games, whatnot. Um, the bride and groom, Sarah and Michael, decide that they're going to do an entire giant game of assassin. So everybody from the eldest people to the young kids or everybody is involved in this game of assassin so names get traded whatnot all kinds of stuff happens so meredith um it's actually funny how these guys meet but meredith ends up forming an alliance with one of the cute groomsmen he's michael's um stepbrother and she's determined to win this game because it's exactly the kind of thing that her sister would have been gung-ho for they'd played assassin like their entire lives, whatever. And her sister had this whole arsenal of water guns and just all sorts of stuff. So she wants to win this for her sister because her sister obviously can't be there. And so she and Wit, the groomsmen, form this alliance to basically have each other's back. She'll help him with her side of the family targets and he'll help her with his side of the family targets. So the more time they spend together, even though it's just like a summer fling, you know, it's your classic quintessential summer vacation romance. Meredith and Wit, they start spending all sorts of time together and obviously they fall for one another. And then uh, some stuff happens. I'm not going to get into that right now. But anyway, so that's the gist of it is they go to Martha's Vineyard. This big game of assassin happens. Meredith meets Wit and they fall in love. Okay, that's what happens. And it's just heavy heavy on the summer vibes 
but um one thing that I really loved about this book once I got going was that the writing style is not what I was expecting at all it's really billed as a young adult novel especially like looking at the cover you would think it's young adult but even I mean the two main characters are in their late teens but it's really not young adult at all I didn't get that vibe from the writing it was very like new adult writing um it felt super mature for a young adult story obviously because Meredith is dealing with some super heavy depression and the loss of her sister so I also really identified with Meredith in that moment not that I've lost my sister but I don't know what I would do if I did because she's my best friend so awful heartbreaking um otherwise I adored Meredith she is spunky and crafty and smart and funny like just the stuff that she came up with to get her targets like kill her targets in the game of assassin were just like chef's kiss and helping wit also take down his targets and the stuff that she had come up with and the plans that she made were incredible and I don't I don't understand how Walter came up with all of it to be honest with you because it was super crafty um and of course being back on the vineyard is difficult for her because her sister should be there so she wants to enjoy her summer and enjoy her time with her family but she's also like a piece of her is missing and she's also it's kind of bittersweet you know what I mean because her sister should be there but she's not so also wit is top notch madison knows he really is he was one of my favorite book boyfriends which is a little awkward because he's like 18 yeah Um, but in my mind he's like you know 28 or so yeah he's perfection (laughs) i'd really like uh to revisit wit yeah like in in 10 years yeah 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 the the thing with the thing with both of them is that like like i said it doesn't read like a young adult novel and so it's fade to black which at first i was kind of like whoa these people are actually like she actually wrote them hooking up on this vacation romance but it's also it happens so frequently that it's not surprising that she would write it that way, I guess. Um, yeah, they're also like, you know, 18 and 19, and it's not a book about 15-year-olds. Yeah, that's true. They're not still in high school, like graduated. One of them has already gone through a year of college. The other one is about to start school. So yeah, this book was, um, did I read this after The Summer I Turned Pretty? No, you read it before. Did I? I'm fairly certain you did. Well, either way, it was one of my beginning forays into young adult romance um, this summer, and it was a treat. I really, really enjoyed it. I loved it so much. Um, Like you said, it did not read like young adult, which is maybe why I loved it so much. Um, I had so many things I was going to say, and I don't remember. (laughs) This book is on my TBR. Yeah. It that is. cover is gorgeous. It's one on my TBR solely for the cover. One of the other yes. things I loved about it is that it's told like in sections. So it's like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, oh, Friday, Saturday, yes. Sunday. And so that I liked the the breaking up of it, you know, I it made it a really, really quick read too. So. I like that. Also in my mind, I'm still 18. So <laughs> it just I, feels like fine. I'm right there with them. <laughs> I also wasn't sure. I'm not going to say how it ends. Um, because we didn't say our spoiler section and you guys also need to read it but I was really concerned about how it was going to end were you yes I was like I don't know what we're gonna do here I think it really could have gone either way just based on how Meredith was feeling after the wedding yes and I'm really really happy with how it went the way it did yeah 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 for sure and especially like I said, there's a whole other piece of the story that I didn't even get into because that's like, that's the fun part of the story other than watching the assassin game and watching Wit and Meredith fall for each other. There's just a whole other like giant chunk of the story that is so fun, but also kind of heartbreaking to discover. So I'm glad in the wake of all of those revelations that it ended the way it did.
so this is Juliana. Um, my <laughs> favorite read this summer has been Hook, Line, and Sinker by Tessa Bailey. Um, if you did not read It Happened One Summer, I think, I mean, I think you could read Hook, Line, and Sinker on its own. It's just there's um, a lot of talk about the convention scene, and so you may want to know kind of what happened in there. Um, so Hook, Line, and Sinker is about really these two sisters have moved or one of the two sisters have moved to Westport and then the other one is coming into town for a movie shoot and she basically helps make or is it like playlist I guess kind of for movies I forget how to explain that she has a specific job title but I forget what it's called I think it's just just called also but she does like the the Oh, great. I was going to say cinematography, but that's not right. The cinematic soundtracks. for me. Yeah, she helps with the soundtrack for um, movies. And she's not really, she's, it's almost like an internship kind of, or like an admin position. By the way, movie scores. Yes. Yes, there you go. See, that's what I was looking for. But yeah, and so she's, and then you see a lot of that in It Happened One Summer. You see that she's constantly listening to music. And they went to a record convention and she was clearly obsessed with this one Fleetwood Mac album, which I have. So there's a lot of mention of a Fleetwood Mac album. It's really great, especially if you are a big music nerd. Um, Tessa Bailey does an amazing job of lining up moments that, you know, either it's um, like an exciting scene coming up or she's nervous or she's you know, she's getting ready for this or this is happening. There's always a mention of a song in at least one chapter where she's just kind of saying, oh, this moment reminds me of this song. And I feel like that's my entire life. <laughs> I feel like every day when I'm either headed to work, I'm like, okay, is this the vibe I'm going for? No, 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 no. This is what it feels like right now. This is what this morning feels like. This is what this smells like. <laughs> like this song reminds me of this smell or this, the, it's hard to explain. Anyway, if um, if you listen to a lot of music, then you kind of know what I mean in the sense that you kind of put all that together. And, but I don't know what else to say about it. It's really good. Um, I don't know what to say about Fo- oh, Foxy Boy. I'll talk about him in a second. But yeah, it's a really good book. Um, I am going to be talking about spoilers in it. So I have to say about Fox. Yes. That man's dirty talk is God tier oh my lord and here's oh my gosh okay now that we're talking about fox let me just say i feel like there are no books out there where people talk about imposter syndrome but it's so real and the fact that fox is like i don't have that like he's so stuck on the fact that like hannah's from la and she's got the la therapist mindset where he she's like you know he thinks in his mind, like, oh, that's not real. Like, that's fake. Imposter syndrome isn't a real thing. And then you realize that he has it really bad. He thinks that he's stuck in his dad's ways, basically being like a womanizer and never being able to settle down, even though he's clearly obsessed with Hannah. He is, like, constantly thinking about her. It's really interesting seeing that side um, when you're – because you know you're never really in his point of view but when she's talking about his side of things then you can it's obvious that he's in love with her from day one and it's just really sweet I love that I love that it's slow burn even though they're gone for each other from like the first page I love and then of course I love Hannah one of my favorite things about that book is the fact that it starts with their text message oh me too I was gonna say that it's such a perfect lead into their story like it is watch them develop that friendship before they even like reconnect in person yes okay and it's just small stuff but it's so good in those texts there's just a lot of good going on and there's like Every now and then there'll be like a tiny flirt and then Fox will be like, sorry, I didn't mean for it to come across like that or whatever. And it's, and it's, it's just... such a like a Fox thing to do to be like, oh my God, this girl is my friend. So I can't treat her like every other woman I exactly. like, interact with. Um, did I was taking Dundee out. Did you talk about your favorite moment already? No, no I haven't yet. Okay. Can I say mine really quick? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> when she finds the record player. <sighs> God, it's so good. Good. And I just love, even more so than her finding it, I just love 
the imagining a moment where he was out and he was like, I need to be able to do this so I can connect. Oh my gosh. Like, this is, this is her heart. And he wanted to be, to understand it so much that he went out and like bought a record player and all these vinyls. So that way he could understand her better. And I just so love sweet. that so much. I love when she finds out also, cause she's like, where have you been hiding her from me? Like, It's so good. I love her. My favorite part was definitely, so right towards the end, they're kind of, I don't want to say broken up, but they had just had the whole entire conflict through everything and they're separated. He kind of goes out of town. He's staying at his mom's for the night and he's like, in the morning, he makes his mind up. He's like, okay, in the morning, her bus leaves at seven. I will be back in town before then. I'm going to tell her that I love her. I'm going to tell her how I feel and I'm going to work this out. And he's like, he finally got his head cleared. He's like, yes, we're going to make this work. And he gets up and it's like seven 30 and he's like, oh my gosh, I missed it. I missed the bus. He finds out all the LA people have left and he's like, she's gone. He's running around town. He's calling Fox. I'm not calling him. He's Fox. Fox is calling Brandon and he's calling, um, Piper he's like reaching out to everybody he's like have you seen her have you seen her nobody's seen her um he's freaking out and he's like okay this is a his phone's dying and he's like okay I'm just gonna go to the apartment I'm gonna charge my phone and I'll just keep calling her constantly he leaves her the sweetest voicemail ever and he opens up the apartment door and he nearly like falls to his knees because she's sitting there on the floor like with the right she's got like headphones on and she's paying no attention to him the records are all like laid out in front of her and he's just like oh my gosh she's still here it is oh it's so beautiful and he's like I thought your bus left at at seven and he she was like I figured you know like seven hours was enough time for you to get your head out of your ass it was so funny I just love it I thought it was the sweetest thing I actually just flipped to that page and I'm dying at my head is out of my ass Hannah answer the phone I haven't read that book yet, but you just made me want to read it. Oh, Kelsey, it's so good. Kelsey, it's so good. good. Let's talk about my, one of my favorite parts of this book is, I don't know if it's, it's the epilogue that takes place Mm. in the future. We're in the spoiler section, so if you haven't read this, skip. But the epilogue is a significant amount of time in the future, and it's just so wholesome seeing them live their life together and the moose yeah it's just so perfect i don't want to ruin it for kelsey but it's just so perfect it is perfect you can you can ruin it i'll still read it the epilogue of this one takes place 10 years into the future and hannah and fox are you know married they're living together happily ever after of course there's a a couple of hea there's a couple of children involved and it's just, oh, it's so good. The last line <laughs> is one of um, Piper and Brennan's kids says, hey, Aunt Hannah and Uncle Fox, get a room. And Fox says, we've got a whole house of them. We've got everything we could ever want. My heart. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so good. I love this book. I know people are either like, obsessed with it happened one summer or they're like so-so about it and I'm a so-so about it same um I know Jules and I Jules is not gonna agree with me on this probably I just didn't like I thought Brendan and Piper's relationship felt really forced I get that too this one where it felt super organic and natural for them to just become friends and fall in love I loved it so much more I get that I love though that Tessa can write in a series two completely different feeling books like yes. the entire the tone the feeling the couples like it, the they're not similar yeah. at all no like, when I think of that, one I forget one that series. it's connected together absolutely like the thing that Brendan and Fox have in common is that they're both fishermen yeah yeah Hannah and Piper what they have in common is their last name and that's literally Brendan actually made me a little upset and hook, line, and sinker because he was so, and he makes awful to Fox. He was terrible. He makes Fox feel like he could like, never be worthy of him. Like he's this big. Oh, it's so sad. Again, if you struggle with imposter syndrome, or if you want to learn more about imposter syndrome, absolutely read it because it I is mean, just oh, it's all so writers good. too. So at I was about to say, all of us have dealt with that. Degree 
struggle. I mean, we've talked about before how each of us went through a mental breakdown right before the release of our first book. So it's like, right. I don't know what you're talking about. I was perfectly fine. Your closet closet would like to have words with you. Your closet. (laughs) Okay, Madison, tell us about your summer read. We all know what it is. Go ahead. And it's so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, my favorite summer read was Serpent and Dove. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, I finally know this book. I'm going to be able to chip in. No, okay. I did love Serpent and Dove, but I, and that was probably one of my favorite reads of the summer, but it's not a summary book to me. Um, my, my hands down all time favorite read the summer was Mr. Wrong Number by Lynn Painter. And the basic plot of it is like a you've got mail kind of plot, but based on a wrong number, um, sext, it starts off with a what are you wearing text to a wrong number that turns out to be um, his best friend's little sister who just burned down her apartment and is living with them. I mean, really, like when you start off with a plot like that, like what else? It's going to be flawless. Um, I loved everything about this book. I loved the writing style. I laughed the entire time. Um, I loved both the main characters. Olivia was so relatable. Colin was so hot. Um, (laughs) uh, I I was tabbing while you guys were doing your parts and I was just trying to think of like what some of my favorite moments were and all of them really, uh, I have so many, but I try to narrow it down. So just a couple of my favorite parts were, oh, okay. So I really liked, so right after I really loved when Colin found out, um, that Olivia was Miss Miss style that he had been texting. I loved that moment when he realized it. Um, and then he was like, I, I have to ghost her, obviously. And uh, then her texts after he starts ghosting her, where she starts talking to his mom, she's like, you're obviously in a coma. Um, so, you know, Mr. Wrong Number's mom uh, just text me back whenever you get a chance. And then she like starts to actually get worried. And then she realizes he's ghosting her and she gets really upset with him. But I love the early texts when she's like, why aren't you texting me? And she's like coming up with all of these creative um, reasons for why he's not texting her back. I loved that. Um, Let's see. Oh, I really love the moment when um, she sees the billboard. Okay. So this is a whole other plot that's going on, but she gets a job. Uh, She's a journalist and she gets a job because she tells, um, Actually, she doesn't even come out and say that she is a parent, but it's she's applying for a parenting. She yeah, she's yeah. applying for a parenting. Uh, what's kind of word? like an ask anything. It's like an anonymous yeah, advice, parenting advice column. Thing. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. I wanted to yes. say article and I was like, that's not what I'm looking for. Um, <laughs> for a column. And the interviewer obviously thinks that she's a parent and she kind of just leads them to believe that she is. Um, and it gets really popular. It blows up and she's on a billboard and she walks outside onto her patio at Colin and her brother's apartment. And she sees it and she starts like freaking out and crying. And she's like, oh my goodness, this is actually just my friend. And I'm super excited for my friend. And he's like, you're obviously lying. You have a horrible poker face. (laughs) This is you. Uh, Because he also has been getting her texts as Mr. Wrong Number she's talking about how she got a new job she's really excited about and I just loved that moment but then I love when uh she oh yeah because she then my next favorite part was when she finds out that she got the apartment yeah um and she runs to go wake him up and tell him about it and they end up kissing and then her brother walks in and they just completely ignore that it happened then later that night uh, after the kiss and he's still ignoring her as Mr. Wrong Number, but he just wants to talk to her. I love when that starts to change that he really started to fall for her as Miss Miss Style. And then he's like reconciling with himself that she is Olivia. And then um, she moves out and he's just really missing talking to her all the time. So he gets out his 
his old phone and starts texting her from his old phone and he's like how's the apartment loser and then they just start texting like that uh oh I really loved so there's like a big plot or a small little thing that when he's gone because when she's living with them she sleeps on an air mattress in their office and when he's gone she goes and takes naps in his bed because he has a nice purple mattress and then he feels bad for her later because she's sleeping on that air mattress again in her new apartment so he buys her a purple mattress and brings it to her and I thought that that was the cutest thing because I mean honestly what's a better gift than that a bed I wish somebody would buy me a new bed absolutely (laughs) my mattress was so expensive I had to finance it oh I did too but I've paid it off now I never paid it off (laughs) (laughs) it'll drop off in seven years (laughs) right (laughs) you know one thing that I really loved about Colin is like he when they were teenagers because they all went to school together so Colin has known Olivia forever obviously and one thing that I love is like he always thought she was kind of like a train wreck disaster and especially since he comes from like a very serious family Mm -hmm. of lawyers he's always like it's been hard for him to deal with because he wasn't raised in that type of setting with those types Mm -hmm. of relationships but I love when he starts to realize that she's not a train wreck she just lives her life like completely balls to the wall like full tilt pedal all the way down 100% of the time and he's like and he admires it about her instead of realizing like oh this stuff she's not a bad luck magnet she just like completely lives her life without abandon yes absolutely 100% I love that that's adorable see that's my problem I'm not actually as like scatterbrained as you think I am I'm just living my life <laughs> yes our type <laughs> six friend over there is just living her life to the full that's all it is Kelsey's just different Kelsey's oh just so when different. I was reading it and like you know the very beginning is my favorite part because she's yeah. burning her love letters and then what was it like a possum yeah yeah a possum jumps out and scares her and then the thing knocks over in her apartment sets on fire not just I, her apartment either the entire apartment building the entire building yes yeah. the entire, I was like that could be me because I just had to get three stitches from drinking coffee <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much um but there are just so many moments in this I love that like so they have kind of like a black moment you know they're like breakup and then they get back together and then they have another breakup um so I guess there's two big ones in here and um then he decides to move away because he just oh spoiler anyway I like that her way of getting him back is that um when she finds out that he moves she goes to his apartment and she's knocking on his door and he doesn't answer and so she texts him and she's like I need you to tell me exactly what you're wearing right now Mr. Wrong Number and then you know they fall in love and everything is perfect starts talking to him through the door yes and it's thanksgiving let's not forget that i did forget that until you said it. we love a good thanksgiving she just like bursts out of the house and is like goes running back to the apartment trying to tell him yes because she finds out at thanksgiving that he's he's moving away because he says that he just can't be there with her there if they're not together it's so heartbreaking it really is. I was texting you about one of the breakups and now I don't remember which one it was. You were texting me about the first one. Okay. When, the first one. when she like... thinks that he told yeah, about her hey, parenting yeah, yeah, job. That's right. Hold on. Now I gotta, I have to sift through all of our, our, um, just the way you are text messages. Yeah. Okay. Mads, it was the second one, the second breakup that I was texting you about. But What'd first- I need to say that I sent a text message to you that said, also worth noting, I am absolute effing trash for brother's best friend. I need a million more. Yes. And then I said, but God, Liv just found out Colin is Mr. Wrong Number and I'm sick. Oh God, that was brutal. My heart oh, yeah. hurts. I, I can't even go on. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That was And I bad. actually did take a break after that to eat and then I went back right back to it, so... Okay, I also was talking to Lynn today and I asked her what her favorite moment was. And so I'll tell you what she said. She said that her 
um, favorite scene is a really tiny moment, but she said she liked it when he's making her dinner at his place because he's so vulnerable about the fact that that night matters to him and slash them. And that is a really good moment when he invites her over for their first like real date, Mm -hmm. especially because she's so, um, worried about relationships and she's so like against them. Um, but he wants to make it so special for her because he wants her to just like let her guard down and love him and feel safe with him. Yes. I love Colin so much. Well, what was everyone else's favorite moment in Mr. Wrong Number? Because that's the only one that all of us have read, right? Uh, no, we half Jules. Jules has not finished it yet. Well, she's made it through chapter four. So. <laughs> Super far into it. Yeah. She said, I'm going to listen to it really fast today before the oh. podcast. Okay. I got stuck for 20 minutes trying to get an attic back up. Let's talk about Colin making what's his nuts pretend. What's his nuts? Nick. Thank you, Nick. Colin making Nick pretend to be Mr. Wrong Number to go out on this coffee date with Olivia. And then oh. and then Colin is like, she's batshit crazy. Like, you're not interested in her. Don't ask her out, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, I want to strangle him in that moment because it's like, you can't, first of all, don't talk about her like that because it's going to come back to bite you in the ass. Second mm-hmm. of all, just admit that you're in love with her and tell her and be done with it. I forgot. I thought it was so funny when all three. Oh, go ahead. When all three of them meet and he's like, dude, you're right. She is crazy. (laughs) She was like, what? Um, My other favorite moment is when she goes on the date with the guy that she ran into, literally ran into. (laughs) She goes on the brunch date with him and she's texting. I think it's Mr. Wrong Number. I know. I'm going to have to find it now. Not Colin, but she's texting him. I am just a sucker for a go out on a date with this other guy, but then they can't help it. And they're so jealous that they mm-hmm. text them the whole time. I'm just such Thank a sucker you. for that. Uh, it's what's the book I'm thinking of? The off limits rule mm-hmm. by Sarah Adams has that too. Since I was talking about back to Mr. Wrong Number, sorry. Um, talking about Colin saying like realizing that, Olivia is not a shit show she's I'll just read like I'm looking at where he realized it and he's like that was it holy shit the puzzle that was Olivia Marshall has suddenly shown itself to me Livy spilled her red wine all over the table in mere five minutes after we'd been seated but it was because she was gesturing wildly as she was explaining to me exactly how her dad had given CPR to a cat who'd been struck by lightning it wasn't that she'd been clumsily obvious or oblivious to the glass It was that she was so present in her own story that she hadn't had time to notice the expensive crystal stemware that might be in the way. She was less shit show and more about living in high definition, wide awake, full on color or something more than that. But once I'd seen it, I couldn't unsee it. It was in everything she did. And it was why everyone was drawn to her the way they were. And I just. Ugh, I love him so much too. I love him as a hero. I love her as a hero. Oh, now that you guys have read it, back to our very first episode where we asked we would go or we, I talked about who I would go on a road trip with. And I said that Olivia would be sitting in the back, not allowed anywhere near the front seat because she would be an absolute disaster. And and you guys were like, I haven't read any of those books. And I was like, but if you had... (laughs) And then I said that, oh, I said that Naomi would be driving because she's the only one who knows how to drive stick because Nick was taught her. Oh, it all makes sense now. What was the other one? It was Bree, right? Yeah. Naomi, Olivia, and who was the other one? Bree. I haven't read that yet. Camden from the cheat sheet. Yep, I haven't read that yet. Oh my gosh, you've got to read the cheat sheet. So cute. It is so good. I want to read this book again already don't you though it's i literally just perfect. read it on tuesday i know i read it i what read it on called? kindle and then i ordered the paperback immediately and as soon as i got it i started reading it again like for anyone wondering it's friday august 12th right now and i literally just read this book four days ago and i already want to reread it i listened to it and i'm ready to read the physical it's copy so good. I love the, the narrators little, were really good. I love the little text the bubbles as the amazing. chapters too, like the yes. <laughs> if I could find the dang thing, 
it's just, see, I missed all that with the Audible. Yeah, I, got I know. You I know, me too. It's so cute. I just love this book so much. I put on my, my bookshelf next to like I have all my books color coded, but then I have up at the top my like just go with it books and then next to it I have all of my tabbed books and I just tabbed this one while we were recording and this one's going to go on my tab shelf well since we're doing all these books on the podcast my tab shelf is going to get out of control <laughs> <laughs> oh it's gonna be crazy it's awesome it's so it's been so fun so far you know it really has. and like you guys if you're listening we just we have so much coming so much so, so many fun. good people that we're about to have so on many here. insanely talented authors and creators guys we're about to be so famous <laughs> dip and dots where are you didn't i tell dip you dots it's gonna be hitting us up any my, minute now my post- and kathy yeah and kathy bates so my would you rather today would you rather read a new manuscript by your favorite author but you have to tell them that you thought it was awful. Like whether it's the most perfect manuscript or whatever, like you have to tell your favorite author that you absolutely hate it. Or would you rather read 50 shades of gray out loud to your grandparents? 50 shades of gray. Easy. I think so too. My grandma reads that stuff. I could never do that. It depends on what grandparent I'm reading it to. Like my grandma, I could have read it to, but like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard one. This one is making me like sick to my stomach either way. <laughs> I know. Both of them um, are awful. Maybe 50 shades. I could just be like, Grandma, I don't stand by this, but here we go. But I have to read this out loud. I'm gonna be in. like, turn your hearing aids down and <laughs> <laughs> turn your hearing aids down. Honestly, though, my grandma would probably be like, that's a good idea. I'm fairly certain my grandma has read Fifty Shades, so Mom, I have not. Had. That was like, really have you guys good actually read Fifty Shades? No, it's awful. I have. It's okay. Uh, um, this is probably an unpopular opinion. The first one was garbage. The second one was so-so, and the third one was actually kind of. <gasps> I think so too. Like her writing actually got better. It got it. better. I think so too. Absolutely. Um, if my mom's listening, no. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, that's a yes. Madison, what is your would you rather? Oh, okay. <clears throat> would you guys rather only be allowed to read friends to lovers or enemies to lovers for the rest enemies. of the Enemies. Friends. I told you. Yeah, yes, I you? said I knew Amanda's. <laughs> I said I don't even need to ask her. What did you pick for me? Because I picked friends. I knew you were going to say friends. What did you say, Jules? Friends. friends. See, that's what I thought. Okay. It's so See, here's the thing. Um, I only really like enemies to lovers in fantasy. I feel like it is not a good trope typically in contemporary Romance. because it's usually always workplace and, yeah. it's, and it's always some stupid miscommunication when they first meet it every is. single time. And it's like, happened. It's like somebody looked at them wrong and they thought it was for some stupid reason and they've hated them since then. Like, there's never a good reason. But like in fantasy, it's like your father killed my entire coven, you know? So it's like- (laughs) She's on that serpent and dove kick still. So it's like, obviously, like there's no way for them to be together. So it's only powerful then. So I think, but lovers can be good in fantasy i think i'm gonna go with friends i mean i'm not changing my answer i see where you're coming from but i am so okay see jules said friends to lovers is so powerful but i'm not even saying i love enemies to lovers and romance because i typically don't because like you said it's typically a workplace enemies to lovers which i'm going to be writing one in the future so future me just forget you said this (laughs) don't make it over some stupid miscommunication make it over something like real you know no and it's like it yeah and I think a lot it's super overdone because it happens so often in contemporary but there's something about enemies to lovers in like you said in fantasy where you watch these people who have every reason to hate each other like serpent and dove for example just because that's immediately you just read it that's what i thought of like reed is 
put on this earth to kill witches and Lou is a witch. Mm -hmm. Like these, they'd have absolutely no reason to fall in love and yet they do. Mm -hmm. And it's just like watching that relationship unfold and watch that is incredible. Both of the minds, the mindset of the, you know, of their love interest, like watching that slow shift of like, oh my God, I hated this person. And now, oh, maybe I kind of don't like, holy crap. I think I might love this person to what did you do? Where is my wife type of moment? Like, it's so so good, dude. It's so good. It gets me. I mean, unless. Unless the enemies try to kill each other at some point in the series, like I don't want it. Yeah, which is why that's never going to happen in contemporary. Exactly. To go so, from I'm that's why kill if you I had to, to pick, I will kill for you. If I had to pick, I would pick friends because I think friends to lovers can be done well in fantasy, but I think typically enemies to lovers is not done well. It's hard to convey in contemporary. Yeah, that's fair. I completely agree. So I have an English lover coming out in one of my series, and I don't know how I'm going to do it yet because I'm like, I really don't know how to write enemies to lovers. Uh, just the way you are started out as enemies to lovers, and then I realized thirty yeah. percent in that I can't write enemies to lovers, and they just became friends and became such sweetie pies, like for real. Sweetie pies, so, for real. Yeah, they're Big old sweet. Pies. They're so like sweet with each other. I'm like, how did I ever? How were they ever angry with each other at one point? I think we all really need to give a shot at enemies to lovers. Like I think we do. Never, even if it never sees the light of day, I think it would be good for all of us to give it a shot. Okay, would you rather read a book with an annoying cliffhanger or one where your favorite character is killed off? Favorite character. Cliffhanger. <laughs> favorite character is killed off 100%. Well, is there going to be another one, like, to resolve the cliffhanger? Like, is it a series? No. No. Oh, no. just a book with a terrible cliffhanger? Character died. That's why Character dies, yeah. Character yeah, sure. no. Character dies. I agree. Yeah. I was I just thinking about, like, it was dying. a series and there would be another one to come out. Like, you can just wait. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, uh... Did we already do this one? Like, I, I mean, keep thinking about, about Madison. I keep thinking about because I'm just, I just am reading. Um, we're reading Crescent City, rereading it right now, and I keep thinking about the end that cliffhanger, C- the end of CC two, and not getting another <laughs> I would kill myself. You I imagine think. I would you die. Imagine. Oh my god! Can I, I tell die. you the thing that makes me so so angry is when I get people to read SJM. And then they're like, you know what? Crescent City isn't done. I'm going to take a break. Uh-huh. And I'm like, don't do that. They're That's like, so it's, it's forever before the third book comes out. I'm just going to wait. And I'm like, it's literally coming out next year. I'm like, why? No, it's going to be out in like. She said year. probably a year and a half. So it's next fall. It's going to be out. All right. Would you rather forget all of your favorite series and discover them again? Or. Mm-hmm. Remember all of the details of every book you've ever read. Rediscover. Well, I forget everything anyways, so. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's <laughs> easy for me. Oh, that's tough. I know. I really think I'd have to, I have to go with forget my favorite series. and discover. Me too, Amanda. Yeah. Like, to be able to read Throne of Glass mm. again for the first time, I would kill Amen. for that. Or Harry Potter, even. I would kill to be able to read Harry Potter again for the first time. Yeah. I would love to read the PhD Bluff series again. I'd read Claire Kingsley series all over again. I would read every SJM book ever. Ever. Yeah. And, all and, over again. And, oh, that was such a good month. I also didn't myself with those at all. Month? <laughs> Kelsey. <laughs> Them, I read 15 books of hers that are all like 600 pages in one month. So I, I mean, and while I would do it all over again in a heartbeat, it's like after that one month, I did not know what to do with myself. <laughs> still, I'm Madison's still- like, that was such a good month. And I'm like, See, that would be such a good three years for me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I read them like all- you take longer to work through books so you can really savor them. And I just blew through them so fast. And I have, I'm still in an SJM book hangover Same. from March. Yeah. I re I read them for the first time last, um, 
like spring and summer. So like I read TOG in probably like March and April and then April, May, I did Akatar and then I read CC after that. Um, cause the second one hadn't come out yet, obviously. And now we're rereading them. And that's the thing I, Mare and Katie, if you're listening to this, I love you both dearly, but buddy reading just ain't for me sometimes <laughs> because like, I just want to binge everything and waiting. Like we came to an agreement that we don't read the next book until the whole group has finished the one that we're oh, no. on. So it would be the worst part. So we, we started <laughs> Throne of Glass on March 1st. <laughs> we started Throne of Glass on March 1st. Well, actually we started with the Assassin's Blade and it's now August 12th and we're about to start CC2. So it's taken us. So we were reading Throne of Glass at the same time, Amanda. I know. How cute. We didn't know each other back then though. I know. But now we can just talk about, Um, we can just wax poetic about Queen Aelin. My cousin that I got to read Akatar and then Throne of Glass, she is on Kingdom of Ash right now. And I think I'm going to do a Crescent City reread with her when she gets to them because she took a long break after Akatar before she jumped into Throne of Glass, which was absolutely horrible for me but she said (laughs) she's not going to take a break before crescent city so (sighs) i'm just living for it i'm living for her reactions also i think her favorite book was tower of dawn if you can believe it how why um she loved uh irene irene however you say her name yeah i i always joke like okay kale grows on you again after a while don't get me wrong like he he goes through waves for me of like and dislike he's not my favorite character he never will be but Irene Towers is a godsend she is perfection Mm -hmm. and I love her so much yes she is very similar to Irene Irene I say they have very similar yeah they have very similar like belief systems and like personalities and so she loved her so much and she was like I have to call you just to discuss Tower of Dawn all the way through everything about it when you reread CC can you just like text me live updates absolutely because I literally just read that whole book last Sunday (laughs) or last last Saturday so oh okay well first of all before we completely wrap I would like to say that be sure to tune in to our episode next week because we have our very first special guest Sarah Grunder Ruiz we're so excited to have her on if you haven't read Luck and Last Resorts or Loveless and Fancy Ships do so now so that you're prepared for all of the tea also we are very excited to announce that we are having our cover designer Sam from Ink and Laurel on and we're going to be interviewing her about everything designing covers for indie authors because she has blown up and she's amazing and we all love her so much um we have a couple other people that are in the works for october so keep your eyes peeled on our instagram and your ears um puckered (laughs) (laughs) that was awful puckered That was so uncomfortable. I never would have puckered would be, and I was fighting to keep a straight face as I said it. (laughs) (laughs) I really thought you were just gonna plow right through it. You was crying. You lost so hard. (laughs) Okay, it's okay. (laughs) Anyway, we're also doing a Halloween free for all episode. So read all your spooky reads. We're gonna be reading them. And doing an episode like this, like this summer free for all, but we're going to be doing it Halloween, spooky, witchy reads, all the things. Keep your, <laughs> keep your ears. Your ears that. <laughs> that was awful. For the record, that that episode does air on Halloween too, so pretty exciting. Oh, that the timing too. worked out. The timing worked out perfectly on that. So it Kathy Bates, did. keep your ears puckered for that one. <laughs> Kathy Bates. <laughs> actual saying that I'm just not aware of or... no it's not no, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh that, that makes me in every episode now too. <laughs> that makes me nauseous
gosh. I need to know like the thought process that went into that. You could just see her slowly trying to figure out what she's going to say about your ears. Because it's like, keep your eyes open and your ears puckered. And we were all like, no. It It makes me. (laughs) I'm saying it in every episode from here on out. So be ready. Be like I'm gonna that do it when you least expect it to <laughs> come out of nowhere. <sighs> Kathy Bates, keep your ears puckered. <laughs> I don't know if this is as funny as we think it is, or if we're just really tired. I know it's one of those moments. Funny. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We would love to see you over on our Instagram at HEAs and Heartbreaks.pod. We have some behind the scenes and some fun little extra stuff over there. So yeah, go follow us and. We will see you next time, Heartbreakers. Shoot, yeah, boy.